The reality is is now on Patreon, and here are some of our fabulous supporters. Tracy Newman. My presence is a gift, so remember the thank you note. Lily. Some people say I'm too much, but she is just starting. Marl Farsi. Reading is fundamental, and in Farsi, the reads are monumental. Tracy Masters. When you're the master of your own destiny, no one can take you down. Amanda Agosti. Some Amandas are tech spots, but this Amanda is as real as it gets. Ade Ade Dokun. It may look like I'm stirring the pot, but actually I'm just smoking it. Paula Batrude. If you think I'm a bitch, you're probably right, and you probably deserved it. Lola Del Rio. Whatever Lola wants, Lola gets, and I get it all. Naveen Jonathan. I'll give you the shirt off my back and also my unsolicited opinion. Jada. People are intimidated by my great success and my great ass. Vipa Kanopoli. Some people say I have secrets, but at least I have no federal indictments. And finally, Hadil Ibrahim. Some things are too hot to handle, like me and the tea I spill. This episode is brought to you by FX's The Veil, starring Elizabeth Moss. FX's The Veil is an international spy thriller that follows two women as they play a deadly game of truth and lies on the road from Istanbul to Paris and London. One woman has a secret, and the other has a mission to reveal it before thousands of lives are lost. FX's The Veil, now streaming, only on Hulu. That's Arthi. That's Noor. And you're listening to The Reality Is... Welcome back to The Reality Is. There's no Arthi on the pod today, but I'm really excited because I have two guests on the podcast. Uh, you may know her as the wigs and Ramona eyes of Ono oh Bravo, and you might know him as the co-host of Know That, a Real Housewives podcast, or you may know both of them together as the host of I Am The Cute One, a Mary, Kate, and Ashley podcast. Welcome, Chelsea and Donnie. Hi. Hi. Thank you so much for having us. I am starting to take it personally that Arthi isn't here because the last time I came, she wasn't here. And I'm starting to feel like it's intentional. (laughs) She was like, she exclusively said, we can only have one person from the DMV on the podcast. (laughs) I know. Um, She had to do like dumb work stuff. You know, real job. All those PhDs. Uh. Apparently you have to do stuff with them. (laughs) But I'm so excited. And Donnie, I'm so excited that um, you're finally on our podcast. I know, me too. We were saying before we recorded that we talk all the time, so it doesn't feel like it's our first recording, but it is. We are making history today. Donnie, you're one person where like, there's some people I can make some jokes with, and then other times you have like a joke you want to tell them, and you're like, "Mm, this person is either not going to get it or be really offended. And Donnie, you're not that person. (laughs) You are somebody who like, if I have some real twisted fucking dumb shit that like goes to like some memory I had when I was nine years old old I can pull that joke out of my head and then tell you and you're just like delighted <laughs> I I really am and that's why it was so hard for me to like try to find out what my brand was because <laughs> like in college I had a blog and like I was my target audience but for better or for worse <laughs> there's no just one you. else <laughs> like me so it was very <laughs> jarring when I would write one article about high school musical and then the next one was like about gay porn people didn't know what to do <laughs> Wait, High School Musical isn't a gay porn? (laughs) 
I think it is. is now, That's why I like it. Donnie, is now a good time to tell you that I have not seen High School Musical? No, that's, there's never a good time to tell me that. <laughs> I, neither have I, actually. Wow. Mm-hmm. All right. Mm-hmm. Well, it's been fun. <laughs> Donnie made it three minutes and 28 seconds on this podcast. History was made tonight. You're right. (laughs) I feel like, by the way, between you guys and your Instagrams, I feel like every other day, maybe, I find out that there is another thing that Chelsea hasn't seen that Donnie is shaming Chelsea about. (laughs) Yeah. That's become my brand, and I didn't even want it to be. (laughs) I just have no choice but to shame her. Yeah. I, you know, I kind of feel free. There is something freeing about letting this dark secret out that, yes, I have a pop culture Instagram account, Mm -hmm. but there Mm -hmm. is just a giant segment of pop culture that is movies from the 90s and early aughts that I just, it's a blind spot, have not seen. Mm -hmm. And I will give the disclaimer because I do feel like I need to defend myself because Donnie goes so hard for me. Now my followers have started coming for me (laughs) and just sending me movie titles, knowing what the answer is going to be and then shaming me for it. I must make it clear. I had debilitating ADHD as a child. I could not sit through a movie. This was not in the cards for me. So now I'm making up for lost time. And Donnie is basically just like compiling a Google Doc of things that I need to see. Yeah. You're like a fairy godmother. Not That sounds homophobic because you're gay, but I don't mean it to be. You're like a fairy godmother of like pop culture for uh-huh. Chelsea. And honestly, kind of for me too, because... Uh, Chelsea, I'm with you. I didn't have debilitating ADHD. I just always like to blame the fact that I'm an immigrant, which like it's not an excuse because I've been here since 1995 and I've consumed a lot of really random shit. (laughs) But I I do like to lean on that because nobody can argue that with you. They're like, oh, well, she's brown. So (laughs) I don't hear an accent, but all right, I'll take her word for it. I'm not going to get canceled. Well, guys, we're going to talk today about Real Housewives of Beverly Hills. We're not going to talk about New York because they had this stupid fucking like <laughs> never before scenes. And literally the title of the episode was so dot, dot, dot. That happened. <laughs> <laughs> That's just how they felt about the whole season. They just needed to use it for this episode. <laughs> like the fact that even the editors were like, whatever, just fucking throw some clips together. We're going to call it so that happened and move on. <laughs> Did you guys watch it? I did not. No, I actually quit Roni this Mm. season. I have not quit Roni ever. I've quit Mm -hmm. other franchises. I have never given up on my gals, but... No, I made it past the night in Harlem and Ramona's antics. I made it past Black Shabbat. And it was, I think, the episode after Black Shabbat that I just had to finally throw in the towel, wave my white flag and say, I'll check in with you girls next year. Get it together. <laughs> Maybe I'll watch the reunion. We'll see. Yeah. I mean, they said the reunion is going to be taped on the 23rd of September, which I'm like, when when is it released then? Right. I feel like even, and I know you're not the only one that gave up this season, Chelsea, but I I feel like even if it was a season that people were excited about, to wait a month and change to air the reunion, you're going to lose people anyway. Right. I think that's their plan. I think they want to lose people. I think that they want to have people be like, "Uh, we're not going to tune in. We're not going to watch Ramona get held accountable. I want to clarify that I did not quit because of Ebony. 
Ebony. I did not quit even because of Leah. There are many people. Like, I feel like in the current climate, I have to make that known. Like, I didn't quit because of her, guys. I quit because Ramona Singer, like, it's not fun anymore. Not that it should have ever been fun because, like, we always knew who she was. But I was fully getting a full body workout. The amount of butt clenching. Like, my butthole was could have produced a diamond by the end of Black Shabbat. I couldn't do it anymore. It was becoming unhealthy. That's a lucrative side hustle. (laughs) (laughs) And that's the tough part about like this season of New York or like The Bachelor with Matt James or and then the Chris Harrison stuff happened that year or even like the NFL allegedly, you know, I don't know that (laughs) word, but like when both sides are saying they're protesting and like boycotting it and stuff in terms of ratings and like looking at numbers, you don't know where it's coming from. So like if Bravo looks, they don't know is Ebony the cause of people not watching or is Ramona? Yeah, I think the the moral of the story is that Bravo needs to stop putting people of color in all white casts, mm-hmm. who especially people of color who don't have a relationship with an right. all white cast, and then pretending like it's going to work. It's it's never going to work. So no <laughs> New York today. But before we get into Beverly Hills, I actually want to talk about the podcast. I am the cute one because you guys are starting season two. I want to talk about it in the top because I feel like Beverly Hills is going to just there's so much stuff to discuss there. So <laughs> tell the listeners about um, I am the cute one and the new season that's coming up. Sure. So season one of I am the cute one, we covered Mary Kate and Ashley's detective series, The Adventures of Mary Kate <laughs> and Ashley. And for season two, we're going to cover their party series. You're invited. Ooh, so they have a bunch of different parties, a ballet party, a costume party, a sleepover <laughs> party. And we're bringing in different pop culture experts to really dive deep into these parties and dissect them. And by dive deep, Donnie means mostly just find excuses to talk about ourselves and share really troubling stories from our past. I tell a lot of awkward haircut stories. Donnie Mm. just straight up terrorizes his classmates. A lot of fun (laughs) things happening over there. And I feel like I do have to say, like, this is a comedy podcast. There are mm. actually a lot of amazing Mary-Kate and Ashley podcasts that kind of, like, dive deep on their career and the darkness. But I do feel like we would be remiss to – we would be leading the audience astray <laughs> if they thought they were coming over for, like, pure Mary-Kate and Ashley content. But in season two, we have a lot of really fun guests. We have Stephen from Faces by Bravo. We have Hannah Brown. Not that Hannah Brown, the good Hannah Brown. Yeah, yeah. The comedian. Um, the comedian. Well, the actress, right? Hannah Brown. And then we have Katie Maloney Schwartz coming on to break down the mall party episode. (laughs) Wow. I know, Chelsea, that's your close friend. My close personal (laughs) friend, yes. Was not nervous at all during that. Donnie can tell you I was cool as a cucumber and definitely not just like convulsing on screen. (laughs) You know, it's funny that you had to disclaim it to be like, this is a comedy one and we're not going to be diving deep into it. It's just like, it's funny to me because it's like, I want to know, first of all, I want to understand what people go searching for Mary Kate and Ashley content like I go to the stuff that you guys are covering because is that not who they are I mean yes now they are these like chain smoking I don't know machete wielding (laughs) loonies I don't want to call them loonies characters right yeah but like when I think about Mary Kate and Ashley Olsen I just I do think of detectives and fun. So I feel like you guys are covering the best of it. And also, I want to say all podcasts are actually about the podcaster and not... (laughs) 
the content that they're Yes, yeah, spoiler alert. If you start a podcast, you are a narcissist. <laughs> <laughs> the reality is we're all narcissists. <laughs> and when does it drop? September 26th. Oh, that's right around the corner. That's very exciting. Yeah. And we have bonus episodes leading up to that with like mm. Troy from Dunzel podcast. We do have another Mary Kate and Ashley podcast are joining us. And mm. we and that episode, we dive deep into. <laughs> that into was truly a humbling experience. We had Amity <laughs> from the Gimme Pizza podcast. She is a wealth of knowledge. She was our foil. It really juxtaposed me and Donnie's just like pure chaos to her being like, and here are the facts and actual things. <laughs> things that happened in their lives. That was a really fun episode. And then by the time this comes out on this Sunday, we have Troy from Dunzo podcast coming on and we're talking Britney. Oh, another dark pop diva. Definitely. So before we start on Real Houses of Beverly Hills, Donnie, usually when people come on, they have to share with us their problematic favorite. Chelsea, you did share last time that it was Lisa Barlow, who Mm -hmm. we're going to talk about in a little bit. But Donnie, who is your problematic favorite? (sighs) So I don't really have one currently on the payroll because every time I have one, they quickly <laughs> are no longer with us. So like it used to be Leanne Locken, we know what Oof. happened. Then it was Monique, we know what happened. Oof. So I refuse <laughs> to answer this question. If you thought my so, you top know what? five was Let's cursed. say Meredith Marks because if I never see her again, I'll be fine. So we're going to no. say Meredith Marks and hope that the curse works. Oh my God. That is the worst taste in Housewives I've ever heard heard in my life and this is coming from a candy gal stand the dms beg to differ (laughs) (laughs) donnie i have to ask you because i think everybody watches housewives for like different things right like Mm -hmm. i always say that i my problematic favorite is somebody who i actually relate to so what is it that you're looking for in a housewife (sighs) that like leanne and monique would be your favorite (laughs) yeah so i guess chaos is the answer Um, <laughs> and like, is the answer. yeah, and not afraid to do their job, not afraid to get in there. Cause if I was going to pick someone currently on the payroll, I do really like Ashley from Potomac. Mm, um, yeah. I was a Nini boy. Mm. You know what? I'll even sometimes, occasionally she goes below the belt, but I do love Kenya. Occasionally she goes below the belt. (laughs) Kenya Moore is a monster and I love her. Yeah, she is. And here's the thing. When you said that about me being like the perfect one to tell jokes to that may be in poor taste or maybe dated, whatever, (laughs) that is like still my sense of joy is very much that like early 2000s everything that people got away with then that doesn't fly now i'm i'm still living there so like you're gonna give you're gonna get our podcast canceled stop talking please (laughs) no i'm not i'm not saying like the things that i find funny but i do say (laughs) if you found it funny in the early 2000s i find it funny now and (laughs) The Housewives, I watch it for that reason. Like, Mm -hmm. (laughs) women yelling at each other and talking down to each other, I can eat with a spoon. See, Mm -hmm. this is why it's so confusing to me why you are not a candy gal. Why you don't like Candace. Because that is everything. she doesn't lean into it enough for me. You want her to fully knows she's a villain. Candace goes back and forth between Mm -hmm. wanting to be like, 
a victim and a villain and not even like the Monique stuff. She was a victim with Monique, Mm -hmm. but other times in her marriage with her mother, with her friends, I just need you to be consistent with your villainness. So if she evolves like a Pokemon and next season, (laughs) she just fully leans into villain. You will be there. Yeah, If she set Ashley's house on fire, she would be my favorite house (laughs) housewife of all time. (laughs) Like you want her to fling a knife at Ashley and say, yeah, bitch, I was trying to like cut a toe. Yeah, like that's what like, you want her to do. Yeah, I yeah. watch Housewives to fill the spot that soap operas used to hold for me. Mm-hmm. So, mm-hmm. like, just lean into it, Candy. Mm. I think that's actually a great assessment, and I can see why you would lean more towards Ashley if that's your criteria. I think that's you know what I'm going to take that on. I like <laughs> viewing it from that lens, also, Thank you. because also like you know, fuck Ramona because she's a fucking racist, but like. Right. But I think also with Ramona, it was like the thing that frustrates everybody a lot about her is like you can't be fucking problematic and then think you're like, sorry, ass apology is going to let people like gain some sympathy with you. Just like if you're going to be a monster, be a full fledged monster. Ramona thinks she's the hero. Ramona Mm -hmm. thinks she is the princess in the fairy tale when she is the beast. Yes. Yes. And and that was I mean. Like you said, she is a racist monster, but I would like her as a housewife if she leaned into it. Her saying like, no, we're going to dance and not talk about it was a problem as a viewer for me. I still wouldn't like her as a person, but I'd be able to watch Mm -hmm. her as a housewife if she just sat there and said like, racist thing number one, two, three, four, this is what I believe, this is what I stand for. But she never did Mm -hmm. that because she knows it's wrong. Yeah, it's like you have to own and lean into like your terribleness, which is also what was really frustrating about Beverly Hills for really a long time was like, obviously you guys are pieces of shit, just like fucking own that you're being pieces of shit. Mm -hmm. And we're kind of like going into that territory right now now but because it's all around Erica's insane case mm-hmm. it's just much more compelling to be but before we start on Beverly Hills I want to talk about Real Housewives of Salt Lake City their taglines drop wow <laughs> what a li- first of all I as I was writing these down I didn't realize that we had like 17 housewives on Salt Lake City <laughs> we really did and I was thing- like I wrote them down and I was like I'm still missing two what <laughs> I cannot wait for the fact that all but one of these women are going to be going through the second season Housewives curse at the Mm -hmm. same time. Like Mm -hmm. it is going to be, and I know I overuse this word, but in this case, if the shoe fits, it's going to be pure chaos. Like Mm -hmm. all of these women are coming into this season feeling like they understand the assignment. And then they're (laughs) going to be like, nope, pop quiz, first day, bitch, the feds are here. Yeah. Well, I want to know also, like, I wonder how much they filmed before the feds show up. So we're releasing this episode on Saturday. Tomorrow is Happy Real Housewives of Salt Lake City premiere day. So I'm excited to see, like, because they're going to show us the feds footage and then they're going to do one of those, like, six weeks ago. Yeah. 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 Stupid rewinds. I love them. I do too. (laughs) I hate this. Oh, I love it. I'm eating it up with a spoon. (laughs) Exactly, exactly. Okay, so Jen Shaw's tagline is, the only thing I'm guilty of is being shamazing. I want her to shut up. Like, this tagline, Mm -hmm. are you kidding me? (laughs) 
Are you kidding? Me? I have better ones on my page. May I suggest I'll always show my ass, but never my assets. <laughs> oh, that is a good one. Now, thinking about Donnie, your criteria before, would you say that Jen Shaw's like leaning into her chaos? Yes, I'm giving this a 10, a full 10. <laughs> Donnie had Jen Shaw on his Instagram live. I did. Now, before oh, no. all of this, yes, this was yes. like December of last year, but. Uh, you can even though we like talked about Christmas we talked about like who's your favorite reindeer what's your favorite Christmas cookie as soon as all of this was announced you know I plopped it up in like April I was like it's Christmas (laughs) in April everybody watch me talk to Jen Shaw (laughs) you gotta get those clicks baby I get it (laughs) (laughs) all right Jenny the new housewife her tagline is, I have plenty of everything, including opinions. I liked it. This one was fine for me. I feel like it's a good, we don't know her yet. It's a good first season one. Mm-hmm. It excites me that she has opinions. Like if <laughs> yeah. this is what her tagline is, that means that she's going to be giving a lot of hot takes. I'm here for it. Yeah. Meredith. <laughs> Meredith Marks. Okay. This is only making me laugh because Bravo by Brett posted this, like he made this reel of himself doing the Meredith Marks tagline. And it's just the funniest thing in the world you have to go find it but the tagline is i may be known for the ice but i always bring the heat (laughs) when (laughs) when and how no it's a pun because she tipped off the feds she's literally (laughs) bringing the heat (laughs) okay well if that's the case she gets a 10 Mm, but i think she's just not (laughs) self-aware So I go back and forth with Meredith, and I think because Meredith and Lisa are, like, packaged as a duo, Mm -hmm. it's much like the Olsen twins, actually. Like, (laughs) I'm going to root for one. I'm going to be a (laughs) Mary-Kate. But I just love Lisa Barlow so much that if it means that if there can only be one, I'm going to stand Lisa and I'm going Mm -hmm. to kick Meredith off the island. (laughs) I just like, don't think she knows her brand. Like Mm -hmm. I want her to be the voice of reason, but I think in her mind, she thinks she's like the star, just Mm -hmm. like Brooks thinks he's the star. Like I need you to know your place and know that yes, you're fabulous, but I want you to like, first of all, engage. And second of all, I want you to come in and know that like you're the voice of reason but also somebody that's just like elevating it by your presence but you're not a reality star does that make sense yeah those people are needed but I think that she doesn't know she is because her little like cult of followers although small are loud so like when she said love you baby bye like that is cute but it's like they blew it up like it was the best housewives moment ever am i a meredith marks follower though because like you're saying this and i'm like i don't know i loved it um i think that i think that what drives me crazy about meredith is i think chelsea bring up great points like you're great but i don't think you're as great as you think you are and i think because she sort of propped herself up in her head the way brooks has propped himself up in his own head it's like you know that that tagline came from brooks like brooks wrote that i know he's her ghostwriter and brooks drives me crazy because he could be an amazing side character if he was our snarky fly on the wall that just has the confessionals and justice for Mexican dynasties. I know that Alan and his wife are divorced now. It's never coming back. But the way that they did Mexican dynasties where they had the staff weigh in, they had the children weigh in. He could be one of those snarky, funny children that see it for what it is, but 
in order to be that Greek chorus, you need to stay out of it. And he wants to be in it. And that's where he loses me. Because if he was just a removed spectator, speaking our thoughts out loud in a really funny way, I think he would be like universally beloved. But he's trying to like insert himself in the drama. And I think that's the issue with Meredith is like, she's delusional, but not in a way that's fun. For me, mm-hmm. like, I want to be clear. I like Meredith. I think that she has a role to play, but she thinks very highly of herself in mm-hmm. a way that's not like a grand dame or a Luann where we can like laugh at her because she's not laughing. Yes. Yeah. Oh, wow. Yeah. I love PhD Thank dissertation. You. <laughs> Thank you. It was perfect. Um, all right. Whitney Rose. <laughs> in a town of beauties and beasts, there's only one wild rose. <laughs> I love her. 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 And I think it's funny because this is so her brand. Because yeah. she might be the best one on the cast. She might be the best reality star. I know that's a hot take. But just like bang for your buck what we get from her. I think she's a wild card. And now she's just really leaning into this wild rose. Yeah. Right. And like I can see which like I know the rose fucking falls apart in Beauty and the Beast. But like... <laughs> I feel like you really have to reach to get this tagline. (laughs) She also like, I mean, just thinking about this, she has the components of like a great housewife, right? Like she's very like, like if you compare it to like an Ashley Darby, right? She's hot young thing, married to an old guy, have some sort of business that might be shady, might not. (laughs) Has like a weird, weird need to push their super sexual lifestyle on us. Mm -hmm. Nobody's asking for it. (laughs) Um, And has the potential of stirring up shit because she did stir up a lot of the drama in season one. And and it was just awkward because she she was nervous and probably drank too much before she started to do the drama. I think that you're right. I think she has the potential of like the the formula of a good housewife. And it looks like she's doing it again this season, too, because at that dinner, she asked Meredith, are you the one that told? (laughs) I think for a lot of them. <laughs> Aren't you the one that told me? I think for a lot of them, this is going to be a make or break season where they either find their footing or they just like totally fall off the cliff. And I hope, I mean, obviously, I hope for the sake of us as viewers that it goes in the right direction, but I feel like she could really go the distance because she is unexpected. Like you see her and you're not expecting her to be messy and you're not expecting her to really like be able to stand on her own two feet, but like she's the confident one out of her and Heather. Oh, yeah. yeah. Now, Lisa Barlow, I have to say her tagline sounded like she recorded it on like um, not just a phone, but like she was visiting somebody else in prison and then she picked up the phone that you get there and she spoke into it because it's you don't have to like me. I love myself enough for the both of us, which is a great tagline, but the audio on it, I was like, what is this? Yeah, I feel like they forgot that they were releasing it and they were like, shit, Lisa, send us a voice memo. She was like in the Sonic drive through yeah. <laughs> If you pay attention, you can hear the clanking of ice cubes in her Diet Coke. <laughs> Mary. I fucking love Mary's, okay? Yes. If I think Mary Cosby is about to be my problematic favorite because she is so problematic, but she is so fun to watch. But her tagline is, if you come for me, I will send Jesus after you. <laughs> And this is like the definition of a woman leaning into it. Like yeah. I, <laughs> yeah. she's 
top tier for me. Now, would you consider that a promise or a threat? (laughs) (laughs) I think both. Yeah. I think that we have, I think at this point, Mary Cosby's promise of Jesus is more likely than Erica's promise of Tom Girardi. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, exactly. And then Heather. Heather's tagline was so cringe. I was raised a Mormon, but now I am raising a glass of champagne. Okay. (laughs) All right, Heather. (laughs) Yo, Heather is a second season flop without even the second season starting. Can we just say that? Yes. And I think (laughs) she is going to be... Now, Donnie almost got us canceled earlier. I'm about to get us canceled now. I think Heather is going to be the actual villain of the season. Like, Mm. yes, Jen is obviously the villain. I think Heather is going to be the villain of our hearts. Well, here's the thing. I agree because Jen, Jen at least, like, got money out of it. Like, she had a reason (laughs) to be a monster in the world. But Heather is, like, just actively choosing, oh, I'm going to side with Jen. And what are you getting out of that? Yeah, I think Heather for sure has this like, which is very relatable to me because I'm a a, a sad weirdo who would do the same thing. Um, which is that like you can tell that if Heather gets the opportunity to be friends with a popular girl, mm-hmm. she will like do everything to make that popular girl happy. You know what I yeah. mean? And I think yeah. that like that's probably why her and Lisa have like a weird thing. That's why she was like sucking Jen Shaw's butthole last season, <laughs> even at the end when Jen was like so terrible to her. Yeah. And even in the reunion, like it was just a very weird vibe between the two of them. Yeah. And then I think Donnie, you were you guys did it uh, know that live. I heard it somewhere and it feels like it happened during your live. I don't know if it was in the comments, but it was a you know, Jen, uh, Jen and Heather had like a weird thing last year. And then obviously after the shit came out with the feds, everybody kind of thought, okay, Heather's going to like distance herself from Jen. But if you go all over Instagram, even the trailer, it's like they're thickest thieves. Pun intended. I think. Yeah, but (laughs) yes. And I, the question was like, why would she do that? And is it because she just thinks Jen is innocent? But I think it is that she knows that Jen will get screen time and therefore wants to be where the cameras Mm. are. So I don't think Heather actually really even cares about Jen. I think Heather really is a Bravo fanatic who wants to get (laughs) as much screen time as possible. That's really interesting because I always... I guess that that is a good take because I think that she plays the part well of like a really relatable person. And I think Mm -hmm. that's the double-edged sword for her is that because she's so relatable and so down to earth, I would argue maybe the most of all time of like us as viewers, like us peasants being able to be like, (laughs) I see myself in her. Like, yes, she is extremely wealthy, but like I am also that sad weirdo. I get it. But I think the double-edged sword is like what we loved about her last season because we could see ourselves in it might be what we hate about her this season because Mm. we can see ourselves in it of like, oh, that takes me back to this time that I was like a pathetic follower. (laughs) You know what I mean? And that was really really harsh, but like I'm not lying, you know? I loved her last year. Um, Mm -hmm. And then she lost me in the reunion. Based on what we know about the season and where her loyalties lie, I'm not excited to see her. Um, I forgot she existed until you read her tagline. (laughs) (laughs) But... If she made the right steps, I don't think she will. If she made the right steps, she could get back in my good graces. But I don't think, I think we're too far gone. I also, she like fetishizes black men too much. 
for me to just get over that. Also, the drinking thing is like really annoying to me because what you brought up, Chelsea, which is when you relate to someone, but then you relate to them being like a dumb fuck. And then you're like, why are you doing this? Mm -hmm. I related to her because she was this super conservative girl, you know, branching out and experiencing the world outside of her religion, which I was like, wow, I can totally relate to that. And then it was like every opportunity she got to be near alcohol, she was like, I fucking love drinking. And I was like, you're acting like a 19 year old who just drank for the first time at a frat party. And even her tagline this season is that. So just, I just hate it. I also wish she wasn't just like doubling down. I understand that this was a huge part of her and I'm not diminishing the fact, like the courage it must have taken to take a step away from the church. And I know Mm -hmm. like based on her story, it wasn't even necessarily her choice. It was kind of this divorce and then she was kind of like pushed out. But I even felt like last season, her tagline of like, just like my pioneer ancestors, it's like- you're interesting right now. You don't have to have a gimmick. You don't have to talk about like why you're different. Like you are just inherently interesting because of who you are. And it almost speaks to like, I don't know, not an insecurity, but just like, it does feel very gimmicky. It feels very like Disney World adjacent of like, this is what I am presenting to the world. Yeah, You know, I think that's a really good point. Well, um, I was going to use Disney World adjacent to segue into Beverly Hills. I can't come up with anything, but let's talk about Rahasa's <laughs> Beverly Hills. <laughs> Our very own Space Mountain. <laughs> uh, we open where we left off at Kathy's dinner. It starts with shut the fuck up and it ends on it's not a threat, it's a promise. <laughs> so Erica just doesn't uh, make any sense anymore. Not a lick. She does that stupid like... It's like a weird JC Penney's athletic section like pose that she does of, like, <laughs> yes. on the table, you know? Uh-huh. <laughs> yes. Oh my god, wow. <laughs> And she just snaps at everyone. At this point, though, it's like, I understand she has a narrative that she is trying to present to the world. And I go back and forth because there are moments where I do empathize with her. And I do feel like, yes, she's being ganged up on at every dinner. She is the storyline. I get that. Mm -hmm. But also, like, you made the choice to mm-hmm. come on The Real Housewives of Beverly yep. Hills. Like you made yep. this choice and now you have to acknowledge like this is part of the gig. They're going to talk mm-hmm. about. It. And now she's just fully not making sense because her threatening Sutton, like when Dookie Richards is making sense, <laughs> you know this is an issue. And Nor, I do feel like nature is healing and it does feel right mm. that I'm coming back on this podcast in the week that I fully turned against Doogie once again. Yes. But Doogie even says, like, Erica, you're proving her point by threatening to sue her. Like, you're literally proving all of her concerns. Yeah, and Doree, I don't know what exactly she said, but something along the lines of, like, what else do you want us to talk about? (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. Doree's like, please talk about my bridal line. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, you know, I have this theory, which is not to give Kyle any fucking credit, because Kyle is a goddamn snake this entire episode she's oh, so yeah. she's the worst okay <sighs> fuck a doogie kyle richard okay <laughs> but she especially keeps 
pushing Sutton to ask the questions, obviously, that they don't want to ask, but they know she is going to ask for them. And that's despite Sutton saying, look, I I tried. She said, no, Uh I'm not going to push her again. And then Kyle's like, no, no, you need to say it. And I think it's like... Kyle's been playing this fucking game for so long. She's clearly producing. She right. She's not very slick about it, but she's masking it under this thing she keeps saying about open and honest every three seconds. Mm-hmm. And I think it's that she knows that if Sutton it doesn't say anything, Dorit maybe might poke at it and she tried to a little bit. Rena's pretending to be drunk. <laughs> and otherwise, like, there's nothing. Then there's nothing yeah. to talk about. And I think Kyle is sort of like, this is the one thing that we have to talk about in the show. Otherwise, we will not have a show. The right. people and, will come after us. And this is what Doogie has been doing for seasons. And I think that mm-hmm. this was the first time in a long time that her hands got caught. Like, I think mm-hmm. a lot of times, and we talked about this the last time I was on, like, mm-hmm. she starts everything. If you go back and you pay attention, mm-hmm. I have always loved to hate doogie but she's a damn good housewife right like she She is is good at what she does because she starts shit and she always keeps her hands clean and this was the first time in a very long time that she got caught in her own game because i think you're exactly right i think everybody at that table wanted the answers and i hate this narrative that the fox force five whatever pinky promise clan whatever they're (laughs) presenting of like sutton's the one that's being two-faced because she called this meeting and now she's not being honest and Mm -hmm. it's like i think sutton has been very consistent across the board to erica behind erica's back to Mm -hmm. her lawyers to instagram like it's been very clear what her feelings are and i do think there's an element of kyle and dorit panicking because they realize what they said on camera Mm -hmm. So they're kind of projecting and blaming Sutton of like, no, 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 she wants to know these things. Definitely not us. We're definitely not concerned. But also, should we be concerned? And then I know we'll get to it later. But then when Kyle at the other dinner, she does the same thing. She's like, I went shopping with Sutton today, who I thought was my friend. Like, you're clearly just trying to direct all of these conversations to Sutton. And it's not subtle at, at all. Can I just say what a ride we've been on this season that I'm like fully like on team Sutton. If you had told me like six weeks ago that this is where I would be, like I would have told you to please like seek help. (laughs) Here's the thing. Like I'll never say out loud that I'm team Sutton because I'm a person of color and I think that I would have to not be a person of color anymore if I said that. But um I think that she's a great housewife. Like, yeah. she's she brings the manic energy of Shannon Bedore. Arthi says this all the time. She don't you dare say manic, nor Instagram oh, so will come yes. for you. <laughs> no, what have I done? She brings this anxiety of uh, <laughs> Shannon Bedore, but she brings that Shannon Bedore energy, right? Yes. Like, she brings that like I'm about to fall apart energy that I think is really important for a franchise like Beverly Hills, where everybody is so fucking buttoned up that it's boring. Yeah. Right. So. I, I love that about Sutton. I think Sutton is great. But at the same time, I know Crystal gets a lot of flack, but Crystal has every reason not to like Sutton. 100%. I totally understand why every time Sutton starts to like freak out and pull out her little like Muppet hands and like just go, bah! right? Like, it reminds us of Kathy, like the, yes. the comic strip, right? Yeah. Oh my God. She's like, ah, all the time. So I I get why somebody like Crystal, who's had these really strange interactions with Sutton, every time she sees it, she's like, my God, this fucking annoying, weird white lady. Like, I can, I understand that. But Crystal needs to stop giving Erica somebody to side with. Like, yeah. right. It's like she, 
I understand 100% where Crystal is coming from. I love Crystal as a housewife. I really Mm -hmm. hope that she sticks around. I know on Moni's podcast, Mixing with Moni, it kind of seemed like she was like, well, maybe, we'll see. But I like I really think she could go the distance because she has this amazing ability of being so relatable, so down to earth, so like you just like feel like you could be her friend. And also mm-hmm. having these moments of like, oh wait, no, like you're married to the guy that directed the Lion King. You are like so <laughs> yes. far out of my league. And she gives me Heather Debro energy of like that fancy yes. pants energy of like, yes, yeah, she's a little pretentious. And yes, yeah, she has these moments, but like in the best way that makes me just like so excited as a viewer. But I 100% understand why she's like this bitch, like every time Sutton's talking, but it's that it's that issue of like, But like in this situation, let's zoom out a little bit of like, let's not defend Erica because we don't like Sutton, right? Yeah, you can hate Sutton and make it known you hate Sutton. But I need you to, when there are certain issues that you need to make a stand on, I need you to make a stand. I think we forget that there's something about Erica that I think that Crystal might relate to, which is that Crystal is married to a very wealthy very older man who she has been with for a majority of her life. She yeah. has been with Rob since she was like 20. Early reports say 17, allegedly. Oh. Mm. All right. Everybody's <laughs> eyes are wide open right now, but we can't you show you Disney that. World, probably. <laughs> There's a Disney World segue. <laughs> yeah. So I think that there's something in Erica that Crystal probably relates to. And Crystal is a very like no nonsense person. So I can see why there might be a reason why in a situation where you have either a versus right of like Sutton versus Erica, why Crystal might say, even though Erica allegedly may have been a con artist, she is a woman married to an older man who is watching her life fall apart. And maybe that's a fear that Crystal may have had at some point in her life. So she finds it to be relatable or something that where she can empathize with Erica's pain. But hey, Crystal, stop. Please, (laughs) please, I beg of you. (laughs) Uh, Garcelle finally tells these idiots, hey, hey, Kyle, how about you stop fucking riling everybody up? (laughs) Piece of shit. Garcelle this episode fully snapped and I was here for it like Garcelle was like oh okay I understand the language you want me to be passive aggressive got it you don't want me to be direct anymore got it I'm gonna make 700 digs that you're gonna have to laugh politely at because that is your culture you fucking assholes it was incredible amazing I was cackling (laughs) now speaking of Garcelle we see after the party, Garcelle, Garcelle has a visitor come to her house. It's Lisa Rinna who pretends that she was, she has pretend amnesia, literally. Mm-hmm. And she says she was too drunk and doesn't remember a thing about the dinner, you guys. <laughs> Gosh. I said, who speaks like that? <laughs> Lisa Rinna, her acting is so bad. Like, she's. Oh, she's such a bad actress. I don't understand how she has any work. Maybe she doesn't. All she has is diapers and housewives. But like, I don't understand because she does this thing where she kind of like, she crosses her legs and she has her hands like this. And whenever she wants to have like an insane reaction, she like tosses her hand down to laugh. (laughs) This is like insane. Like Lisa Rinna, like she like half her body goes in half and like goes back up. And she's like, oh, 
She's like, she's got like six words that she just like says over and over again. Mm-hmm. Gorgeous. Oh, wow. No way. Like she says <laughs> these things and she doesn't say anything else. No. But what she does say is to Garcelle is uh, when Garcelle brings up that she feels left out because Rinna never defends her. Rinna suddenly talks about Harry Hamlet's sauce. <laughs> Yeah, like, I don't even have anything to say. I think it's funny that the producers had to, like, set it up for us. Like, the editors were like, oh, I've been here before. We did a drive-by with the sauce. Like, I have to imagine that was a pickup scene where they're like, okay, you referenced this fucking sauce. We got to record you coming back in where you're like, remember the sauce? (laughs) She does give... A big Muppet energy of just like oh. <laughs> like Ben and Ronnie on Watch What Crappens their yeah. impression of her laugh I actually just hear in my mind as she's speaking now yeah yeah same but the thing about Rinna is I almost have more respect for her than Doogie at this point because she is playing a role now nobody has asked her to play this role she has <laughs> cast herself in this role but she has cast herself as like the steadfast loyal friend to Erica and mm. you have to give her credit she has not wavered like they had that godfather style meetup she did not waver she hasn't wavered at any of the dinners and it's like I can almost in a weird way respect that more that she is just like so loyal to Erica that at least she's not not like flip-flopping like she's just fully doubling down on the wrong team and that takes courage <laughs> true but i think she had to cast herself in that role because no one else was casting her as anything <laughs> <laughs> you bring up a great point that's a great theory where like they had to go back and have tape her go- coming in and talking about the sauce <laughs> my theory is Rinna didn't really have any answer to give Garcelle. So instead she was like, ha, we just talked about the sauce. Let me bring that up. Like (laughs) it just, it was like, cause it had nothing to do with anything. Cause nothing. And and Garcelle did this thing that she also did when Dorit brought up her mother's black friend after Rinna said, whatever Garcelle goes awesome. And I feel (laughs) like that's actually Garcelle's way of like shutting down a conversation. Yeah. I love Garcelle. I think she's perfect for this cast. I find Mm -hmm. her so funny. I find her to be a perfect housewife. I think she's really finding her groove right now of like Mm -hmm. the jokes that she was making this whole episode and just like now that she knows she's under Dorit's skin and she's just poke, 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 poking. I Mm -hmm. There's something just like I can't get enough. Well, you know, her her digs remind me a little bit of what LVP used to do. Yes. Mm. She is very LVP adjacent of like big dick energy. I don't actually care about this. The only difference is that LVP was like would have been the leader of if like this was a current cast. And we know eventually the Fox Force 5 like booted her off the island. But like she was kind of the leader (laughs) of the mean girls where Garcelle is almost like the underdog. But she has such big dick energy that she's still somehow like usurping them. Because I can imagine also LVP sitting next to Erica and saying, Erica don't cry and then like (laughs) trying to like wipe her tears and then Erica snapping back and in those situations that would make more sense because LVP was a low-key monster but you know Garcelle's like the warmest person I think she's so warm that they don't know what to do with her yeah because the difference is she actually had empathy for Erica in that moment where she was like oh 
Erica, no, like, don't, ah, like, what can I do to make you feel better? Where LVP would have taken that and then made it like a three episode arc (laughs) of like, can you believe? And I tried to wipe her tears (laughs) and she, after all I've done for her, darling, she just snapped like I was trying to assault her. her. I can't. Like somehow LVP would have spun that and she would have been the victims. Like screw Tom's victims. LVP was the one that was victimized here. (laughs) Yeah, yeah. The show's really good though. So it <laughs> so is. Like, like as stupid as that stupid sauce thing was, it was so nonsensical that I was like cracking up. I was like, this is so stupid. Yeah, this is the best it's been in seasons. Yeah, I am so sad. There's only a couple of episodes left. And like this is the first time in I can't even remember how long where I am like dreading the end. I want this yeah. to continue. Like this is can't miss TV for me. Yeah, I even like just give me – I feel like that dinner must have been at least, what, three hours, right? They can give us yeah. three hours of raw footage. Right. Give me all the camera right. angles. I will I will pay money for just like a screen and it's just like six cameras of just like every <laughs> angle <laughs> – like Brady Bunch style, you know, and oh, like just, yeah. just like show me all and every time I watch you just it, made a Brady Bunch reference. <laughs> <laughs> because no, you know what, I was going to make a Big Brother reference, but we'll give it to the Brady Bunch. We sure will. <laughs> but you know, um, I, I I don't appreciate from Rena is her saying "bitch, please" in an argument with Garcelle because I was like. Mm. Am I reading too much into this? It made me Probably not. I would say you're not. <laughs> I didn't like it. Mm-mm. No. Not for me. No. Then Sutton meets with Kyle at a really fancy rich people store and they talk about diamonds. Kyle immediately buys that Cartier ring because Sutton says she has one. Yes. Thank you. Thank you. I literally was like, this is the perfect encapsulation of Doogie Richards. She's like, oh, you have this? Let me buy the one with the diamond. Yes. <laughs> yes. Exactly. Exactly. Sutton's like, I have that in, with an emerald. And then Kyle's like, I'll take it. <laughs> but Sutton puts Kyle in her place for being an asshole, mm-hmm. which somehow Kyle manages to turn around about Sutton being an asshole later on at the dinner. <laughs> what the fuck? Yeah, this scene was so troubling to me. This was actually, you could see Kyle unraveling a bit because I don't think she expected Sutton to come at her. I think Sutton goes underestimated a lot of like, because she's so emotional, I think people forget that she's also quite strong. Mm -hmm. in certain situations and I liked Sutton being like no screw you I have been honest I have been upfront and I found it actually really gross how Kyle almost like victim blamed Sutton for being Mm -hmm. like the only reason Erica went so hard after you was because you were showing weakness I'm like all right we love to throw around the term bully on Beverly Hills isn't that like literally the definition of being a bully is that you're saying that Erica picked up on her weakness and that's why she went after her. It just like the whole thing seemed very gaslighty and very gross. Yeah, but I don't think Erica was a bully because only Garcelle can be a bully. Is it? <laughs> well, of course. Yeah. <laughs> Erica literally snarled like a dog and they're like, no, that's normal. <laughs> and she's like, 
no, her bark is bigger than her bite. Like she's really nice. <laughs> like you ask what a question, are you talking then, about? If you're so not worried, why don't you just yeah. throw a question across the the dinner table? Yeah, see what happens. Ex- exactly. And then Kyle, to some degree, like if you look at her face during this argument where Sutton's freaking out, Kyle keeps doing her like weird lizard uh, slick that she does. She's constantly licking her lips when she gets <laughs> gets nervous. Have you noticed that? She's like, it's like, like she turns into this like, little like, lizard person. This like anamorphs. This is gonna be a very niche. <laughs> well, I was about to say this is gonna be a niche reference, but Donnie just referenced anamorphs. So here we go. It reminded me of Mad Eye Moody's son in the Harry yes. Potter movie, where his yes. tail was just like. Bloop, bloop, bloop. Yes. <laughs> Yes, exactly. And like every, the more Sutton cries, the more Kyle like lips her licks her lips. But it <laughs> almost sort of reminds me of like it kind of makes me feel like maybe when Kyle was friends with LVP, I can see LVP pushing Kyle the same way that Kyle is now pushing Sutton. Hundred mm-hmm. you know, percent. The abuser becomes the abusee, and or I, whatever the other way around. <laughs> I think that LVP and Kyle were playing chess like Bobby Fisher together. I don't mm-hmm. for one second think. Kyle was blind to what LVP was doing. And I have to be very clear. I think LVP invented the housewives assignment. Like I think she was the one who learned how to manipulate things off screen to make it translate on screen. Mm -hmm. And I think that Kyle, like the student has become the master and what a magical turn of events. If she ends up being the LVP that in this reunion, people are just like shitting on her. Yeah. Yeah. I'd love that. Me too. <laughs> People really hate LVP. I don't know why. Okay, I don't hate her. I think she's she was actually a perfect housewife, in my opinion. I was an LVP stan, but that was when I watched reality TV casually. So I didn't understand that she was like the puppet master behind the scenes. Mm-hmm. Rewatching it now. I almost love her more because she is the villain that got away with being the hero for so long. And she came out on top. Like she still has Vanderpump rules. She still has a platform where she gets to make believe she is the hero and she is the queen. You know, like she won. Even though they drove her off the show, like she won. Well, she didn't win that much because her show on E! got like, we get more (laughs) listens on our podcasts. (laughs) I forgot she had a show on E! So (laughs) (laughs) it was underserved. (laughs) 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 All right. So then we have a moment of reprieve for Dorit and PK fans like Chelsea and no one else, where (laughs) PK says the victim should be the focus. And Erica is a disaster on social media. Bravo. Thank you. Good job. Thank you. You've been waiting years for this one. Feels good. I used to like Dorit a lot. I never got into the PK verse. And I'm still not really there. I liked him in the scene. And I am team anyone that's not team Erica. So like Mm -hmm. hearing this and seeing the conversations we're having next week with Mauricio and stuff, I live for that. But like Mm -hmm. just as two people walking down the street on my TV, I don't care. I used to love, okay, so let me take it back a little bit. I used to love Dorit, and then Mm -hmm. I realized that she doesn't really bring anything. And i like, why do I love Mm. her? I think she's just, Mm. I always feel like someone, like, one of the kids left a Barbie on screen, and I would be like, oh, look, a Barbie. But, like, that is all she brings. I think she's got so much delusion that it's kind of captivating to watch it. (laughs) That's how I feel. I love her because she is not in on the joke. Mm. And that's Mm -hmm. fun to watch for me. I love PK and this scene 
truly, I felt something in my soul. I was like, finally, I have to check. I hope he's still following me. I've been too nervous to check lately because I've not been very kind to Dorit on my Instagram. But this like made me feel good because I felt like so much of the Dorit, Kyle, Rinna, Erica scenes seem like there has been a dress rehearsal and seem like Mm -hmm. they have prepared Mm -hmm. their script. And this for me felt like it was like a conversation that Dorit and PK have. Like I can imagine them getting ready for bed together and PK being like, did you see the shit that she just posted on Instagram? And then like talking shit together as married people do. And it felt very authentic and it felt refreshing to be like, okay, I think Dorit sometimes loses the plot in her mind, but I do think that she has good advice coming from her home. And I mean, let us not forget, PK knows about bankruptcy and lawsuits. Like we should be listening Mm -hmm. to the man, you know? And you know what else? I think that Dorit is like the weakest link of the Fox Force Mm 5. I think if they were to dismantle she would be the one to do it because I saw it a little bit last year with the Denise stuff. And I thought like, Oh, maybe Denise's Alliance does have numbers because they can get Dorit on their side. And then at the reunion, they like, I feel like they shuffled the deck again and she wasn't, but watching it unfold, she was. So I feel like if Dorit is around people that share her opinion, she'll be honest with her opinion. But then when Kyle comes in and is like, no, say this, say this, then that's when she like thinks about, oh my God, I was too loose with my words. And that's why I'm excited for next week when it is Mauricio, Dorit, and PK all saying the same things. And Kyle is the one that's like just looking at everyone uncomfortably. (laughs) Right. (laughs) The hard thing though is that with Dorit, switching alliances the issue now is because her and Garcelle are not on good terms I think she'll almost like double down on the Fox Force 5 instead of coming over to the good side which is at this point Garcelle Sutton and Crystal because Garcelle and Crystal are Mm -hmm. one and the same now they have their own issues with Sutton and Crystal it's like somehow we got to like get the girls together and figure it out and have Sutton be like, oh, I was an asshole. And also I see color. And then we can like really like have that be a solid <laughs> yeah. team. Yeah. But it's going to be hard. Although I guess now Erica is like ranting against Kyle and Dorit. So like this reunion, I'm I'm here for. Also, Kyle said on Twitter that she and Sutton are good and they figured it out and all this shit. But mm. I don't trust anything Kyle does. I think that there's a point though about Dorit and Garcelle which, you know, is not not a great uh, look for you, Chelsea, specifically, as I know that you do love Dorit. Because Garcelle has this beautiful Haitian dinner. Dorit comes over and Garcelle and Rena are making bets about if Dorit's going to be late. A common thing, they've joked about how Dorit is often late. But Dorit takes it like a real hurtful dig from Garcelle. And um, Ray Sani was on What Else Is Going On um, with Taria, and she said this, which I think is such a good point, and Ray also said this on her own podcast, Dizziest Be on the Table, which is that Dorit's mad at Garcelle about the race conversation. A hundred percent. A hundred percent. But she's not going to say that. Someone said she's going to come up with bullshit. Yeah. Right. She can't be like, I came out of that conversation looking like a total racist idiot. No, Mm -hmm. she's going to like come up with this convoluted thing of the fact that her argument was that Garcelle isn't direct enough. I'm Mm -hmm. like, Garcelle is objectively the most direct person on this cast by far. Yeah. A hundred percent. And that 
I don't know. I actually, well, I don't even want to speak it out loud because my top five is 100% cursed, but I might do a swap out and Garcelle just takes Dorit's spot because- Don't you dare. Cancel don't clear, dare. cancel clear, staging the comments, didn't say it, <laughs> did board, not happen. Board, next, board, board, yeah. next, next episode, Garcelle's going to say something horrific and we can all point <laughs> the finger at me. <laughs> yeah. I mean, it has to be the race thing. And she just, that's why she keeps coming up with other things like, no, you are mad that Garcelle pointed out your problematic shit about your kids being around brown help. <laughs> well, <laughs> You're don't mad forget, about Nor, it. her mother also has a black friend. <laughs> <laughs> you know, it's so crazy because this episode, uh, Dorit starts talking about how her mother is Moroccan. And I was like, you didn't start with that. You didn't start right. with saying like, by the way, my mom is Moroccan and my father is from Israel and we grew up going, no, you went to like, my kids have been around help. It's so wild because like in theory, she actually is a child of the world, the way she paints yeah. herself to be. But then she went for the most like Beverly Hills, I am tangentially around people that are not white. You know, well, mm -hmm. I think that's even though they're her roots, I think she's so far removed from it and living in like she is Beverly mm -hmm. Hills. So I think that her first instinct was to say, my kids are around brown help. And now I think she's trying to backtrack. And that's when she's like, oh, I'm I'm brown too a little bit. <laughs> a little bit. Yeah. <laughs> Have you seen my tan on Instagram? It's fine. <laughs> You know, I think I think um you you brought up such a good point, Donnie, which is like she's so far removed and she's so Beverly Hills. Like how Beverly Hills is she? Because they're scam artists, right? PK and Dory. And so we know that they've like basically conjured up this like super wealthy image. They don't really have money. They don't really have glam. Like whatever they have is very fake. So I think Dory, which which kind of relates to what you were saying earlier, which is that Dorit, when she's around people who she knows have the same opinion as her, then she will really say what's on her mind. Mm -hmm. But if she's not around that, she doesn't have the confidence almost in herself to yeah. tell the truth about what it is that she's feeling. And that's what she tells these like, like long winded tales about like, when I first met PK, that like nobody cares about. Did you guys feel bad for her for like just a second when she was like, do you guys want me to keep going or nobody wants to? And everybody was like, no, please stop. <laughs> Why did you call Kyle a C word? I actually want to examine their friendship more. Mm. I think Kyle fights like a sister. She is a mm. sister. She's a little sister. She's perpetually a little sister and she fights like one. But you can't mm -hmm. fight like a sister with people who are not your sisters. Like I have mm -hmm. a brother. I do not have a sister. The way that sisters fight like blows my mind. The yeah. digs, the horrible shit that sisters can say to each other and then the next day be like, can I borrow that dress? It's like, I don't understand what has just happened. Yeah, Psychological yeah. warfare has taken place and you're about to just like go to Delia's together. Like I have follow-up questions. Yeah. I am concerned. And I think Dorit is like very passive aggressive. And I, I think Mauricio and PK are friends. And mm -hmm. Kyle and Dorit are couple friends and they know that like they're on the show together and they have common bond mm -hmm. there. But I think they are couple friends. Yeah. Yeah. But we still don't know why she called Kyle the C word. It came I think out of she's nowhere. done. I think she's fighting like a sister now too. <laughs> 
more people should be call- calling her the c word. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I think that Dorit is like always ready to call her that, and then sometimes it's just gonna slip out because Kyle's, like Chelsea said, Kyle's fighting is so like underhanded and frequent that because Dorit doesn't stick up for herself, it's just gonna come out like in little bursts like that. Who did yeah. she call a c word? Sea world. Sea world. Who did, she, <laughs> who did she call a sea word a couple of seasons ago? She said, "You're, Camille, I think, you're a real sea word, mm. Camille." I think <laughs> also her proximity with PK, like in the UK, the sea word doesn't have quite as much yeah. punch. Like the sea word is like a bitch, or like you could just like throw yeah. it out. So I do think that that just like rolls off the tongue easily for her. But I do love that now this is like it's happened more than once and Dorit is just like a serial C-word caller. <laughs> and if there's anything that I could like about Dorit, it's that she would be a serial C-word caller. <laughs> oh, yeah. As we said, I love things from the early 2000s and things that are problematic. So that is one of my favorite words. Okay, I've not retired that word. And I feel like I can still use it and i do okay i have an impulse control issue as i've stated earlier adhd so for myself i do like there are certain words that i just like i'm not gonna casually say because then it would be like i'm in a meeting and all of a sudden i'm like yeah that person's a real boop (laughs) (laughs) bring it back bring (laughs) (laughs) Uh, speaking of c words (laughs) No, there's a segue. Yeah. (laughs) Boom, boom, boom. We're doing amazing on segues this episode. (laughs) Erica comes in wearing God knows what. Mm. (laughs) Assless chaps, I would And then they had the nerve. Well, when I first looked, I thought like her, I guess, shirt was a dress that Mm -hmm. was up so high, like it barely covered her C word. Mm -hmm. And I thought her pants were boots that went up to her C word. I was like, what is this alpha and where do I buy one? (laughs) Taking poo bearing to the next level. (laughs) I might not be wearing pants, but I'm wearing boots. Yeah, it was wild. Her makeup was crazy. I was like... You know, if you think about how Sutton pointed out how Erica wore a headband, I don't know if you guys saw that clip, but there's like a clip of Sutton going around saying she knows that at that dinner at Kyle's house, the Christmas dinner at Kyle's house, Erica knew that they had all met and talked about it and were going to confront her because you came to the dinner in a headband. And apparently that's like a very common thing when you're on trial to wear a headband because it makes you look more innocent as a woman. So I wonder if sort of like Erica is really doing her looks, her looks, by like <laughs> what she wants to convey and she was like so mad at Sutton that she was like I'm gonna come in looking like a rock star and like <laughs> like that was like because she has a crazy smoky eye it, it's, it's the most bananas Erica has looked in a long time now that's a ragamuffin <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, it was like the first time I did smoky eye in like eighth grade or something. Like that's, that's what it looked like. It looked so bad. It looks like how I would wake up in college after a blackout and my <laughs> eye makeup would be just like all over my face. And I'm like, what day is it? How many Four Locos did I drink? Am I okay? Where is my phone? Yeah, she looked like Taylor Momsen, the last season of Gossip Girl, like when she clearly did not want to be on the show anymore. And she's like, no, I'm a singer. 
So Erica and Sutton have a lot of awkward energy at this dinner. The dinner is lovely. Then Erica decides to leave and Rinna being a terrible actress goes, oh yeah, I think I'm going to leave too. Like she does this. (laughs) (laughs) She like, I feel like she like looked at her wrist to check a watch that wasn't there. Like there was a lot of like weird, like, I was like, what? What's happening? Just get up and, and fucking leave. Yeah, and Rena bothered me during the dinner too because nobody did any of like the Real Housewives of Dallas, like your food makes me mm-hmm. sick. But Rena was the closest to it. And mm-hmm. even when she was trying stuff, she made a goddamn production. She's like, I'm doing it, guys. I'm doing it. I'm doing it. I'm doing it, guys. Like, you're. <laughs> So you're not getting a tattoo, I don't even know Rena. what comparison to make because I'm so sick of her. No, the fact that she says, uh, you know, I didn't grow up in a fish family. Like, <laughs> what? who says that? Isn't she from, like, Portland? How did you not grow up with seafood? Lois looks like she's a fish family. And I don't know what I mean by that, but Lois is a fish eater. <laughs> she's definitely a fish eater. Okay? And I want somebody, I know, because God bless the Bravo fan universe, I know somebody will find footage of Lisa Rinna ordering a fucking salmon or something. There's no way that this bitch has never eaten fish before. She's acting so goddamn brave because she had a bite of fish if you are listening to this please slide into the real housewives orders dms i am sure kai has footage of her ordering a fish from some restaurant during some season a hundred percent yeah not to take this off the rails but while we're on the topic of fish um (laughs) is caviar is caviar on deviled eggs normal I gag. Um, so apparently I, I Googled a recipe the recipe for caviar pie. I didn't want to Google the recipe. I just wanted to find out where one would go about purchasing it because I wanted to know how much it cost. And the recipe for it is it's a pie crust with hard boiled eggs inside of so it. Eggs and caviar do go together. Yeah, because the pie I didn't question. But when PK and Dorit were talking, they were having like romance night or whatever and she was like what should what should we put this caviar on and then she was like deviled egg it like, does seem fuck? like a pk way of ingesting caviar if i'm being honest <laughs> i feel like he puts everything on a deviled egg yeah. like how you she feed like, a dog I- a pill by putting it in peanut butter she's like how am i gonna get pk to eat this pie put it on a deviled egg <laughs> yeah, you know PK gets his medicine that way in the morning. Yeah. He just swallows it. <laughs> He's like, I had a l- I had a late breakfast, babe. I had a dozen devil eggs. <laughs> Have you guys ever had caviar? I've had caviar, yes. What Never. does it taste like? I'm so uncultured. I am it's just like <laughs> salty little like bubbles. So I would probably love it. I love salt. It's not bad. It's like really, 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 really tiny capers. Oh, it's I love very salty. Yeah, okay. I could do that. And I love a deviled egg, so. Yeah. But I mean, I may have had really bad caviar too. It was like in like a little canopy at like a wedding. And I was like, mm-hmm. like, and you know, I was just like pounding food during cocktail hours. So like, who knows what I tasted. <laughs> right. Also, I mean, now that we're talking about uh, PK and we've gone down this train of the deviled eggs. And now imagining that he eats them by the two dozens every day. At one point during his little chat with Dorit, he just like gets up and starts walking around. <laughs> I was like, are you doing a TED talk? And then he was just like pacing. And I was like, this man is farting. He's farting on camera. <laughs> Absolutely. And that makes sense because of the amount of eggs. 
you're right. Also, when we talked about PK eat, <laughs> PK eating deviled eggs or whatever the hell, yeah, deviled eggs whole. I just imagine. Remember, <laughs> remember Joanna the lizard from Rescuers Down Under. Donnie, <laughs> Donnie, I was just about to talk about Joanna. <laughs> Oh my god. Oh my god. It's like guzzling that eagle egg. (laughs) Yeah, that's PK. All right. (laughs) Podcast over. We're done. What what's left to discuss at this point? (laughs) Oh my god, Donnie, I'm sweating too. (laughs) (laughs) All right. So so then Erica leaves. Okay. And then Kyle tells Sutton that Erica wants an apology from her. I I don't understand it. But I think what's important to note here is that Kyle keeps pushing Sutton to have a conversation with Erica. I mean, I know people, again, want to hate on Crystal, but I actually love that she stepped in and was like, no, even if you apologize to her, like, it's not going to do anything. They don't need to be friends. It's not the end of the world. But Kyle has this, like, insane need to resolve tension and it's all about Kyle actually like in that moment I noticed Mm -hmm. because she says well like it it just I you know like when two people meet personally when there's two people Mm -hmm. and like there's tension like don't you want to fix it and she's like and Crystal's like no they don't need to be friends like they're cordial today was cordial it was fine Kyle was like no it was so uncomfortable it's like no it was uncomfortable for you Kyle because you're saying that you're Sutton's friend while also saying that you're Erica's friend but now your shit is out on the table that you are a spineless lizard snake person. You're with a your Joanna lips. from Rescue. <laughs> <laughs> but you know, I agree with Crystal. Like they don't need to be friends. But like, leave it alone. But Kyle, yeah. you know, she can't leave it alone. Never. Doogie cannot leave it alone. <laughs> Do you think there's going to be deviled eggs at their little dinner next week? Oh, God, I can only hope. I hope deviled eggs is what they have at the end of the reunion. Oh, they all <laughs> take little, like, bites of deviled eggs. Andy's like, all right, guys, we've talked about your boobs, and Erica's going to jail, and now we've got deviled eggs. <laughs> and then they just swallow them whole. <laughs> you know that at the reunion, you know, everybody's going to be, like, all tense about, like, Erica. Like, he's going to ask Erica questions. He's going to be like, all right, Erica, viewers want to know, what is it like vacuuming your house all the time? It's like, <laughs> is the Dyson worth it? <laughs> yeah, yeah, exactly, exactly. Gut feeling, who do you think is sitting next to Andy at the reunion? Do you think it's Erica and Sutton? Do you think Sutton is earning that place? No. I feel like that's like, it couldn't be, right? No, it's mm-hmm. Kyle and Erica, I think. And Sutton next to Kyle? Yes. Oh, let, let's talk about seating. I love doing this. Okay, so I think on one side, you do, Kyle is always next to Andy. Kyle yeah. has never not been next to Andy. Okay. Right. She would set the set on fire if she wasn't next to Andy. I agree. Imagine if he puts Kathy there instead. <laughs> Imagine if, she, if he like pulls up a chair the way like, LVP moderates Vanderpump rules. He like pulls up a chair. He's like, Kathy, have a seat. (laughs) (laughs) Exactly. Um, I think Uh on one side, you you will have Kyle, Sutton, Garcelle, Uh maybe Dorit. I don't know. Well, Dorit has to fight with Garcelle, so she's going to be the opposite cow. But sometimes that doesn't I think Kathy with But they'll bring Kathy out because she's a friend of. 
Yeah, she'll just like come like waltzing in. But um, I think the other side will be. I'm like wondering who's gonna sit next to Erica. Rena. Rena, yeah. yeah. Yeah, Rena and Crystal. Because uh-huh. Crystal has to be opposite Sutton. Sutton. Yeah, that's true. Oh, yes. It's going to be Erica, Kyle, Rina, Garcelle, Crystal, Sutton, uh-huh. Dorit at the end. That's it. Right? Yeah. Is that everybody? Yeah. I'm like, is Mary Cosby here? Like, I don't remember. Dorit <laughs> could go. I think you're right. I think that you are correct. And I think Dorit, depending on how the season goes, could jump from couch to couch. Mm. Like, yeah. I do think that it's going to be. Yeah, I think you're right. I think it's Kyle, Sutton, Garcelle on one couch. Mm-hmm. Perhaps Dorit. And then on the other side, it's Erica, Rinna, Crystal. Yeah. And then when Kathy comes out, she's sitting right on Andy's lap. <laughs> <laughs> she's literally like, oh, sure. she's literally like, her legs are up. She's like, yeah, Andy, can I pull down. a tooth? <laughs> she's going to come down on a string like Miley Cyrus on the wrecking ball. <laughs> we gotta get muffy you think at the end too. they're gonna toast to cab- caviar pie i hope it's deviled eggs instead of caviar pie but you know they'll do some shit like that yeah patrick is gonna come in mm, they're gonna ring the <laughs> bell or something stupid yeah. oh god <laughs> what a corny fucking show that we love like i hate it <laughs> it's so good <laughs> uh, well guys that's it that's the end of the chat <laughs> it was so fun I'm sweating from laughing. Yeah, I had a migraine for 24 hours. It went away right before this recording. Guess what? It's back. But but that's okay, because it was worth it. From like the laughing? Yeah. You should look into Botox for your migraines. Oh, thank you. Yeah, for my migraines. (laughs) All right, guys. Well, thank you guys so much for coming on. Please tell everybody where you can find your social medias and then remind everybody again about I'm the Cute One. Yeah, you can follow me at Real Donnywood on Instagram and Twitter. And you can listen to my Housewives podcast. Know that, a Real Housewives podcast, wherever you get your podcasts. And you can listen to Chelsea and my podcast, I Am The Cute One, a Mary Kay and Ashley podcast that is also available wherever you get your podcast. And you can follow me at Ono Bravo on Instagram and then over on my Patreon, patreon.com slash Ono Bravo. I am exclusively covering Beverly Hills. So if you want me to talk even more about Erica Jane, we're doing that over there. And then we will be... <laughs> covering Salt Lake City over there as well. And you guys can find all their information in the description of this episode. Thank you guys so much. And we'll talk to everybody on Wednesday. Bye. The reality is is now on Patreon, and here are some of our fabulous supporters. Jesse Willis. I may not run in traffic, but I'll give you a run for your money. Rody. When you work in quality assurance, perfection comes easy. Tori Tuchilo. When Tori steps on the scene, you are his story. Eugene Henderson. In the game of life, I choose Jeopardy. Maria M. Where I come from, they sing God Save the Queen. The truth is, it's actually me. Becca Simon. If you can't 
can't stand the heat. Come to Minnesota. Jill Hirsch. Your petty drama can't take this warrior down. Jamie Allrunner. Some people call me cold, but it's not me. It's that Minnesota weather. Sarah Gibbs. You may not like the cut of my jet, but that's what you get from Sarah Gibbs. Richie D. If you can't be cool, you can't be with Caduce. Megan Shaw. I may be a model, but I'll never be your model minority. Samaj Bledson. The fun bus is here, and I'm driving on the turnpike. Eleanor Manning. I run with a fabulous circle of people, and they're not even on my payroll. Danny McLaughlin. First, I came out, and now I'm coming for everything. Kelly Paper. I may be from down under, but don't ever underestimate me. Seiran Hayati. In Sweden, we have ABBA, IKEA, and if you mess with me, some other four-letter words. Jessica Riley. Where I come from, money can buy you anything, but I'll take the garbage plate. Chastity Davis. Don't be fooled by my name. The only thing I abstain from is your bullshit. Sarah Watkins Philstein. Playtime is over. This mom means business. Laura Zielinski. Whether it's breast pumping or fist bumping, this mama brings the party. Jill Walsh. I made it up the hill myself and I'll kick any jack off. And finally, diamonds aren't a girl's best friend. John Friedman is.